Hey, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to Life Mastery Decoded for Women and Women Entrepreneurs, where I help you decode the struggles in your life in the areas of health, wealth, and relationships with mind mastery and meditation tools and techniques so that you can live the life that you're proud of. Welcome to today's podcast. Hey ladies, it's Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. Welcome to today's episode where I hope to be finding you completely empowered in your life and beginning to use these tools to change and create the life that you want to live, a life and a business that you are proud of. And if you are not empowered, then it is my intention that today you find one nugget of inspiration towards your transformation to then be be able to become empowered and to start creating the life that you want to live. And we all have to do that by first being open. Today we're gonna be talking about, I'm gonna be talking about the five mistakes we make when we're trying to figure out life. Now, these are my top five. These are the mistakes that I have made that have led me down a rabbit hole of darkness and doom. (laughs) And I want to share them with you in, in hopes to, if you are feeling anything in the way that I was feeling, that you can start to pull yourself out of your rabbit hole. You can start to see the light and you can start to feel empowered and back in the driver's seat of your life. Now, what are the top five mistakes? Number one, blaming others. I spent so much of my life blaming my mom, blaming my brother, anything that was going on, blaming the the counselor who told me I wasn't smart enough, blaming the kids for bullying me and picking on me. On and on the list went. Now, the thing about blaming is that there is always somewhere you can point your finger. Always. In the last episode, I talked about throwing dog poop again on the sidewalk. And nobody is throwing dog poop on your sidewalk except you. I know that you're going to hate me when I say that. And I would hate me if I said it to myself back then too. But what I'm trying to do is not get you to be mad at me, but I'm getting you to try to think a different way. Because what you're doing, and in, in the result of blaming others, you are not taking ownership of what is going on in your life. You are not taking ownership of what you are creating. By taking ownership and saying, I'm doing that, what can I do to get out of it? I put myself in this hole, what can I do to get out of it? And it doesn't mean that you have to do things by yourself in this this brain that you're thinking with, that now I'm going to ask you to use universal energies to help you. And that's where meditation comes in. That's where your intention cards come in. That's where your journaling comes in. Let the universe be your personal assistant, where you say, hey, assistant, I want you to go out and get me $100,000 in my new business. And your assistant goes, okay, no problem. Hey, assistant, I want you to go out and find me true love. And your assistant goes, okay, no problem. And off they go. But if we try to do it, it's just like, it's just like Einstein says, you cannot solve the problem with the same brain that created the problem. Because here we are, in our beta brainwave, and we have created this problem. We have blamed somebody where there is no one to blame because there is no one out there. It's just you. You are the magnet for all of the life experiences and the physical manifestations of the world. You are it. And in order for you 
to change, you have to change. In order for things to change in your life, you have to change your thinking. Okay? You can't be mad at someone else throwing dog poop in your universe. You're in control of your universe. You just don't think you are. And I am hoping that by we're now into the, the, the low 30s of our podcast journey, that I'm hoping that you are starting to understand that you are in charge. And here's my thought. If you're suffering and you don't believe me and you want to try it, what do you got to lose? Right? Nothing. You only have something to gain. Okay? So first, now what do I do? So stop blaming others. First, what I want you to do is I want you to picture you're the only person on the planet. And there is nobody to blame. Nobody's here. You're it. And then I want you to look ahead and I want you to imagine somebody in front of you to blame. And then I want you to go, yeah, you, I could blame you, but it's just this imagine, it's like a hologram. It's not really a person. It's like you created that person and they're, they're the character, the avatar. They're the avatar of what you created. And I want you to laugh. And I want you to say, that's silly that that avatar is creating this upsetness in my life. All I have to do is change that avatar. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it makes it kind of silly. So then it doesn't make you so angry. So you say, I created this person so I can change this person. Now, I also want you to understand very carefully here. I am not saying that you can go and manipulate others. What I am saying, though, is if you change the way you are attracting the things in your life, the things in your life will change. Do you remember me telling you about my mom? I had this kind of volatile relationship with my mom that some days it was good and some days it was bad. There were things that I couldn't talk about because I know that she would get mad at me or she would have this disapproval tone, right? And there were times when we hung up on each other and we screamed at each other and we just, and just never mind and you're not going to be in my life. And we'd go back and forth all the time for years. And one day she had a heart attack and she was in the hospital and it scared me to death because I love my mom more than anything, but I just couldn't deepen my relationship with her. She was blocking it, except she wasn't. I kept thinking it was her. I kept blaming her. I kept blaming the things that she was doing that was preventing our relationship from getting better. And then I learned about this and this, this knowledge started to kind of seep in. And I'm thinking, if my mom leaves this planet and I never get to deepen my relationship, I will forever have that regret. So I said, what do I got to lose? So I did the heart space meditation, which I have shared in this group. It is also in our Facebook group, the Gen Mac. Uh, it's, I just, I did change the name, but, um, Life Mastery Decoded Facebook group, and it is posted in there. And you can, you can go and, and listen to that video. You can also go to YouTube. It's just Jen Mac, J-E-N-M-A-C, and Heart Space Meditation. That's the meditation I did to improve my relationship with my mom. Now, 
We haven't fought in a, over a year. We have a great relationship. We laugh all the time together. We talk to each other several times a week, sometimes several times a day. And, <clears throat> sorry, and um, my relationship has gotten deeper. But it wasn't because I said something to her. It was because I stopped blaming her. And what I did is I recreated the avatar in my mind so this woman in my life could show up differently. That was the most powerful relationship exercise I ever went through. And now thanks to this exercise, this person, among many others, because I have done this, this heart space meditation with other people in my life where my relationships were stupid and I was blaming them. But now my relationship with my mom is forever blessed. Now she can show up in my life differently. Do you understand the power of that? I stopped blaming her and I took, I took the ownership of my relationship and the desire of my relationship to go deeper and put it in my own hands. And I did something about it. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Okay, number two. The first one is blaming others. And then I'm going to say stop blaming others, start taking responsibility, and have those people show up differently. Okay? Number two. Thinking that life is already dealt. I couldn't tell you how many times I heard that. I grew up poor and I had my grandma would tell me, my mom would tell me, would say, you know what? If you grow up poor, you're going to remain poor. It's just the way it is. That's just the hand you've been dealt. You might as well get used to it. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to get used to it. That sucks. Like, I want to fight against that. So I dedicated my entire life to figure out how to do that. Because I had heard about how many people... When Oprah went from poverty to billion dollars. Shania Twain went from poverty to a million dollars, right? And I'm like, well, God, do I have to be famous? Okay, I'll be famous then. And I just put it out there. I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be somebody someday. I'm going to help a lot of people and I'm going to make a lot of money. Well, the people in my community didn't like me saying that. Well, you know, and church is how it goes is, you know, money is... You know, not to be, you know, that you, you shouldn't, you should go out and do something just for the sake of doing it. To please God, to please your fellow man, not to make money off of him. Well, I had to clear that because if I have more money, I can help more people. If I have more money, I can create safe spaces for women to come to where they can be their authentic selves. I can, I could create a retreat center. I can travel abroad and I could put schools up in India. I can help more women build their business. It gives me the ability to create more tools. It gives me the ability to create a course because I can't do it all. I can now hire someone to do it. You see what I'm saying? Money is not evil. Money to me expands who I already am. So I am not going to think of that my life is dealt this way. This is just my journey. This is just part one of my journey. And then this is part two of my journey, right? Chapter one, chapter two, that's it. But I tell you, if I didn't grow up in poverty, I wouldn't be resourceful. If I didn't grow up in poverty, or at least grow up poor, I wouldn't know the things that I knew. Because if I could just go and hire somebody, I would probably be dumb as a box of rocks. But I'm really smart as it relates to technology and creating and putting courses together. I read a ton. I learn a bunch. And then I deliver that information back to you guys. 
and hopes to transform somebody's life out there. So don't ever think that your life is already dealt. Get that right out of your head. And you sit there and say, this is what it's been dealt back here. But that was yesterday. A miracle can happen for you tomorrow. It could be happening for you right now. We have to believe in miracles. So don't ever think that your life is already dealt. Okay. The next one is choosing victimhood over empowerment. I come from a long line of victims and a long line of blame others and a long line of poor me and a long line of suicide attempts. It was like it was in the water. It was just going to be a matter of time before I attempted suicide. It was just going to be a matter of time before I blamed everybody for my life and my circumstances. And I will tell you this, if you at all think that it is somebody else's fault where you are, listen to the words I tell you right now. It is not someone else's fault. You can drive your own car. On your intention card, I want you to write, I release victimhood from my life and allow empowerment to flow. I release victimhood from my life and I allow empowerment to flow. You read that card several times a day. You put it in your purse, you put it on your phone, you post it on your mirror in your bathroom. You put it in your journal, you write it, you read it, you embed it into your mind and your body and your spirit. I will guarantee you, your life will be different. Your life won't even be recognizable. You'll have more money, more love, more passion, more gifts, more talent, more happiness in your life. I guarantee you. How do I know? Because I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. I'm letting it go. I'm teaching you. I'm, be, I'm guiding you to a better life without victimhood. There is no place in creation for being a victim. You are the center of your universe. You are the attractor. You're the magnet. What you want, you turn on this magnet, that's what comes to you. You turn on this magnet, that's what comes to you. So release it. You have to be open, you have to be willing, and you have to release it, and you have to be allowing. Be open, be willing, be releasing, be allowing. Allow it to flow into you. Get out of the back seat of your own car and get in the driver's seat. People used to tell me, if you could just stop blaming everybody in your life, I'm like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. It is their fault. It is her fault that she's cheating on me. If I don't believe that I'm deserving of true love, then my partner can't show up any other way. She just can't. Maybe she didn't mean to cheat, but she's in my magnetism. The only way she can show up is by cheating on me. The only way she can show up is by being disrespectful when we go out. It's the only way. Until I change, nothing else can change. Until I choose to do something different, nothing is going to be different. I want you to really understand what I'm saying. And I want you to really understand I've been there. I've done that. I've been in shitty relationships. I've had no money. I've had my car break down and I had to walk, I don't know, five miles or something to go get the tow truck. I didn't have a cell phone. I don't know if they even had cell phones back then, but I certainly didn't have one. 
I didn't have money. I didn't have food. And it wasn't until I started to release my victimhood that things start, started to change. Okay, release your victimhood. You got your, you got your intention card, so make sure you write that down and that becomes part of your daily ritual. If you do nothing else, do that. Especially if you are constantly blaming others for your environment, for your experience. The next one, number four, is, oh, this is, this is a good one. It's thinking that God will save you. I hear this all the time. I grew up Catholic um, and then an Italian, strong Italian family, Catholic. And I always heard, if God is willing, I'm like, what? God's willing. Like, what does that even mean? If, if I want something, I'm going to go, I'm 16 years old. I want this car. Well, if God be willing, if God's willing to what? Like, I want that car. I just go get the car. Mom, give me $1,000. I want to go buy that car, right? Well, that was back in 84 or something, 80, probably actually 86. So actually, I lied again, 88. I was born in 72, 88, turned 16. And what do you mean if God is willing? Like, I, what does that even mean? So basically, God, this is what I was taught. God has a plan for you, and you basically have to get closer to God in order for that plan to unfold. Well, what's the plan? Well, I don't know. That's between you and God. Well, how do I know what it is? I don't know. You'll just know. So when I grew up, my religious experience was not that great, only because I had so many questions that went unanswered. Okay, how do I believe in something that I can't see? I don't know. You just do. Okay, um, what is God's plan? I don't know. You'll just know. Okay, I don't know. How do I know what to do? Should I take this job? Should I go to college? Should I date this guy? Should I go over here? I mean, I, how do you know? So my religious experience was not that great. So we went from Catholicism to then my mom became a born-again Christian and we started going to a smaller church. I loved the idea of a smaller church because I loved the community sense of it until I didn't love it anymore. So you remember me telling you that I was quite the tomboy. I did not dress how everyone dressed. I loved wearing a lot of different colors. I had a jean jacket and had all these pins on it. I wore different colored socks. I had these white glasses that I painted red stripes on. I, my hair was always kind of crazy, like kind of punky, kind of. Um, but I was a very innocent young lady. And I did not cause trouble. I didn't steal. I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. I wasn't having sex. I just wanted to look different than how everybody else was looking. If all the fish are swimming upstream, I'm going the other way. I wanna go whatever direction everyone isn't going. If they're all wearing this, then I'm gonna wear this, okay? So this time I went to church and I probably had that jean jacket on and I did not wear makeup and I had probably like some pants slacks or something. I mean, I tried to dress up, but I did not wear dresses. I did not wear skirts. They did not look good on me. I did not feel comfortable in them, so I didn't wear them. So I go into church, and it was the actual, the pastor. In one breath, he's saying, we're a community, and we're together, and we support each other, and, you know, uh, we're a family, and yada, yada. And then I walk in the door, and he first says, why do you wear your hair like that? And I said, I don't know. I like it. He goes, well, it's not very ladylike. And I didn't say anything. And then he goes, how come you don't wear makeup? I'm like 16 or so. I'm like, how come you don't wear makeup? I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to wear makeup. 
He goes, well, you would look more like a lady if you wore makeup. And I just walked away. And I'm like, what the heck? So here I am again, supposed to be in this safe environment, this community, and I'm being judged. I spent my entire life in school being judged. You're a redhead. You come from a divorced family. Your brother's a troublemaker. You look like a boy. Maybe you're a lesbian. I mean, I got told these things all the time. I'm like, well, this is great. And guess what happened? I stopped wanting to go. I didn't want to be a part of this community that is judging others. And I made a vow right then and there, I'm going to build a community one day that we are a safe space for women of all kinds, all colors, all sizes, all backgrounds, all religion, that they can come and they can just be themselves. We can just come together as women and support each other and be together and just accept each other. But because he judged me, I wanted nothing to do with him. I wanted nothing to do with his church. And I fought mom tooth and nail to not go back. And I graduated when I was 17 years old on my brother's birthday, May 24th, 1990. And I never set foot in a church again. Not for a ceremony. For a wedding, yes. For a funeral, of course. But to go and belong to a church, to a church never again. It ruined my, my church experience. And my mom, my mom still goes to church, of course. She goes to a different church. That pastor is, is you know, he's back in Chicago or something. And he's not a church there. He's not a, a pastor at this church anymore. My mom goes someplace else. Anyway, and um, my mom always says, you know, anytime I'm calling, I have any trouble with anything. Because, you know, you need to be a part of a church. And I'm like, no, no, thank you. And, you know, she's like, but what she really means is you need to be a part of a community. So you're getting that community support. And if you are feeling alone in your life, then please understand, it's not God that is going to swoop down and save you. You are a part of God. There is God energy flowing through your body. And it is up to you to save you. And I am asking, and I'm telling you, I am creating that community. That community is going to be an online community. That's where it's going to start. And then it's going to build into this physical community that you can be a part of. And it's going to be in the form of live events and retreats because that's where I'm going. Because I think it is so important for us women to get back to where we were when we created communities and we supported one another because we don't have that. We have bashing sessions we have these social groups, but do we really support each other without judgment? Do we really accept each other? What about our younger girls? What about our 16, 17, 18-year-old young women? Who is supporting them? Where is their community? And I think that that's what we're getting to. So when I think God will save you, that doesn't mean you stand, you stand, okay, here, you guys ever seen uh, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith and his son? So you guys should see that. But anyway, the, the joke that his son is telling him, it says um, there's a flood in this town and there's this guy that's up on this roof and his car is flooded and he, he can't swim and he's, he's waiting and this, this boat comes by and the guy's stranded on the roof and the, boat, the guy in the boat says, come on, come get in the boat. And he goes, no, man. He goes, God will save me. And the boat speeds on. Another boat comes an hour later. The, the water is getting higher. Pretty soon this guy is going to be in the water. And the boat, the driver of the boat says, come on, come on, come on. We're taking all these people. We're getting out of here. And he goes, no. He goes, that's okay. God will save me. 
The third boat comes by. The guy's feet are in the water. The water is rushing in and, and he's about to, to be over, overcome by all this water. And he's starting to get wet. And the guy goes, come on, get in the boat where I'm rescuing all these people. Come on, let's go. And he goes, no, he goes, that's okay. God will save me. And the guy dies. He drowns. He goes up to earth, up to earth. He goes up to heaven and he asks God, he goes, hey, he goes, why didn't you save me? And God goes, I sent you three boats, dummy. It's a perfect analogy of what so many people do. I hear about it all the time where they say, you know, I'm going to apply for this job. And if God wants me to get it, then I'll get it. And I just kind of shake my head. You are being reactive in your life. And then they say, well, God be willing, right? They say, I hear it all the time. And I'm saying, don't be the passenger in your car and pretend to let God drive. You are God. You have God-like energy. You drive. God wants you to be in the, in the driver's seat of your car. Don't depend on, if the, if the sign shows up, he should have gotten in the first boat. The sign showed up. He didn't get in. He died. I don't want you to die. And I don't want you to die in your life. And I don't mean physically die from the planet. I just mean people who are hurting, you're dying. Your, your, your life is, your, the, your love is dying. Your, your money is draining away. You're dying at your job. I mean, this time, it is time to stand up and say, I have God-like power. I have God-like energy. You can create miracles. You can read all that in the Bible. If you are second-guessing what I'm saying right now, you can read that in the Bible. If you're thinking that, no, I'm a person and God is out there, then how do miracles get created? How does your body continue to pump blood? Who is doing that? How are you doing that? You don't have to be aware of it. You can read all about it in the Bible. It's like every other verse is talking about how you are brought into this world with those creative energies. The last one, number five, being reactive. The one, another mistake that you can make while trying to figure out life, blaming others, thinking that life is already dealt, being a victim, thinking God will save you, and being reactive. What do I mean by being reactive? You just go about your day, don't set your intentions, don't even think about it, be in the past or be in the future, go about your day reacting to the world around you. Because if you're not creating, the life is still going to get created for you. It, there's all this other cross creation going on and we're, and we're cross creating. So you're a part of this person's energy field and you get in there and whatever they're creating, you're a part of it. And then this person's going. So it's like all this co-creation going around and you're walking through this fog of co-creation reacting to other people's creation. And I'm asking you to be proactive. Set the stage ahead of time. How do I want my life to unfold? How do I want this segment of my day to unfold in front of me. I'm on my way from home to work. How do I want that to unfold? I'm gonna make a phone call to check on my resume. How do I want that to unfold? My kids are about to come home off the bus. How do I want that to unfold? I'm gonna go in and ask my boss for a raise. How do I want that to unfold? Put your thoughts and your intentions out in front of you on the sidewalk. Put your, your intention out there. I am, I am willing to allow love into my life. I am open to allowing abundance to flow. I am open to, to releasing my victimhood and allowing empowerment to flow into my life. I'm telling you firsthand, 
if you are still listening to this and you have listened to my other podcasts, or maybe this is the first one you've listened to, hear me now. You start setting intentions and there's an area of your life where you're suffering, where you're hurting, where you're sad, where you're alone, where you're depressed, where you're anxious, you're frustrated, you're angry. You start setting intentions, throwing that out, throwing in new empowering words, being open to things being different, being open to it being possible for you that this stage in your life, something be different, it will change. I guarantee you, I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, please take the time to like and share. Also, please visit me on my other social media pages. I'm on Instagram, Jen Mack, Lady of the Mind. I'm on Facebook, where we have this community titled Life Mastery Decoded. And it's a community of women and women entrepreneurs where we come together to support one another in sharing our successes and struggles. You can also check out my YouTube channel where I share my teachings and my personal journey. And it's simply titled Jen Mack, J-E-N-M-A-C. Have a great day and I hope to hear from you.